Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Living Loud. Today, I am joined by the lovely Miss Two-Tone Grant. How are you, Miss Two-Tone? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Thank you so much for being able to join us today. It's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Um, so today, we're going to talk about um, your nonprofit one and um, homelessness in Albuquerque, or just in general, I guess, would be a bigger thing. Um, before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, and just a little about a little bit about you? <laughs> um, well, my name is Two Tone, and that's my name because I was born with two different colored eyes. And when I was on the street, you you really don't use your given name. Mm-hmm. Um, you choose a name for safety and anonymity reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And so Two Tone was my name. I was also a graffiti artist when I was on the street. So um, nice. it fit. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. That's really cool. I didn't, I, I didn't know that's why I just knew you as Two Tone, but I never knew why. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. That's really awesome. So um, now when you say, so can you tell us a little bit about when you were on the streets, like when you were homeless? Yeah, I um, I grew up in foster care from birth. And um, by the time I was about 12 years old, it was safer to um, be on the street than it was in the foster homes that I was in. And so, and periodically I'd be placed back with my family, which also was not safe. Mm-hmm. And so my street family was safer and mm-hmm. they protected me. We, you know, my graffiti family and my street family um, was safer. And so um, I was on the street from the time I was 12 until I was um, 19 years old. Um, and technically till I was 20. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's really the long and the short of it is, mm-hmm. um, you was know. in Albuquerque? Or is that here? Or no, was that... that was in Los Angeles, California. Oh, wow. It's a bigger city. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Um, in comparison, can you, like, I know it's kind of up front, but can you, um, like, the differences between LA and Albuquerque? Because now you, you've been helping in Albuquerque for a long time now. Um, what's like the yeah what's like the big difference that you see between the two because that just seems like LA would be like a big bigger amount of people I guess or is it kind of the same or well the difference um, most pointedly is that people never froze to death on the streets of LA Mm. here here they do and so there was more of an urgency, you know, for me to do the work here. Um, mm-hmm. I could go to Venice Beach and sleep on the beach. I could, um, and there was never a fear of freezing to death. Yeah. Um, wow, that's crazy. And then I guess the other differences are, well, I don't know because I wasn't homeless here on the streets mm-hmm. of Albuquerque, but... I know that there was, um, especially in the 90s, there was a lot of street kids. So, um, 
and also like for me there was other opportunities like bigger groups like for me I did childcare for AA meetings mm-hmm. and AA meetings in um in LA are you know very large and so I could you know do childcare for those meetings and make money um with with uh, you know not having to have any kind of credentials to work mm-hmm. and I worked um very often three to five nights a week doing AA meeting childcare and making oh, wow. tips making cash money which um I'm not sure how that is here in Albuquerque but for me that helped me survive yeah. in LA on the street and you know without having to have a work permit or anything like that mm-hmm. um where and you said that it, people were they were nicer they were I like, wouldn't know more about, welcoming I wouldn't know about nicer but I just know that there were larger groups groups of street kids and mm-hmm. um you know we still got treated pretty pretty badly the same as um most homeless people still do it's just that there was a uh, greater it felt like there was a greater um protection you know what i mean yeah. like yeah um and it wasn't so um rare to mm-hmm. be a homeless person as oh wow you know um just because you know in the 90s just like now there was a economic crisis and there was all kinds of things going on then and so um there was you know just a lot more of us out there and a lot there was a lot more diversity yeah so to speak <laughs> yeah. yeah and you, just, you came out here um so when did you come out here like when did that happen i came out here in 2005 oh okay and um the reason i came out here was um with all of my childhood experiences whether it was in foster care or you know in my home or on the street there was a lot of trauma that was incurred and and um i got the opportunity to work with a trauma therapist who was going to work with me for free and so here um, in albuquerque yeah and so i moved out here mm-hmm. um to to do that work. Oh, cool. And then meanwhile, like so um I was doing trauma therapy two or three times a week and in mm-hmm. between the sessions I you know, I really needed um something to focus on that was outside of myself and my own um trauma. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in the first week that I lived here, I had heard about someone freezing to death on the street. and um it just that was the light bulb moment where it was like you know i was renting a room in a house i had a place to sleep and i i knew i wasn't going to freeze to death it just didn't make sense to me that that was something that was happening mm-hmm. and so it just started to you know solicit donations from people mm-hmm. and go and take them out on you know to the streets on my days off from therapy just i needed to not only do something more positive for my own benefit but i i needed to um just help people because yeah. when i was on the street in LA if people hadn't helped me i wouldn't have survived out there mhm and so it just made sense to me to um do what i could to help folks who were still out there yeah 
Um, so you started a light in the night. Yeah. That was a little bit later on, or when did it start? Um, I came up with the name, like I was doing it by myself for the first eight years. Um, I came up with the name probably about at that time when I started to get volunteers and I, I knew I was going to have to like get nonprofit status and, be, you know, get legitimized so that we could, um, apply for grants and do things that were, you know, much more legitimate. And people, when you have your 501c3, people are, they feel safer about, um, donating mm-hmm. uh, their money to you. So, um, and a light in the night, the name itself comes from my, uh, my spiritual practice, there's a teaching in, in it that where it's just like, you know, um, you, you, you know, be the light, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, you can spread that light. Um, and so um, it, it just made sense to me that if I, um, if I could just be a good example, maybe other people would catch on and, and start to give to and start to have a level of compassion for um, people instead of disdain for people on the street. Maybe um, we could just like spread that light and be a light in the darkest hour of somebody's um, life. Just, you know, we can't, we, could, we still don't, you know, provide housing or anything like that, but we do provide hope and compassion in the things that are you know, a light in somebody's dark hour where, you know, we just want to make sure that you know that you're loved and that, you know, if you need a pair of socks that we're going to, we're going to make that happen for you. Yeah. You know, no matter what you're going through. I remember going with you. It's been quite a few years. Um, We went on the streets and gave out stuff. You and I went and I, I always remember that experience because it was a different, a different view. I, because I volunteered a lot too, but it was, it was so nice to get out and just go, you know, I love that you just get in your van and you just went, you know, cause yeah. most of the people that I'd volunteer, they're not, you know, they're, I'm lucky that they even helped me, but, but, yeah. um, I've never had somebody that was so compa- like, so passionate about it. Like the way I feel too, like, you know, you were, you just go for it. And I love that because not everybody does, you know, I think yeah. a lot of people get intimidated and they they think that everybody's bad, you know, and, and yeah, there's people that are having a rougher time. And I think there is dangerous times, but I, I've only met a few, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. I everybody's always so grateful and so nice. And right. I think we forget the humanity of the people that we're serving underneath whatever they're suffering with, whether it's mental illness or drug addiction or or whatever they're suffering with underneath all of that is a, a person who just wants to be happy, yeah. who just wants to um, thrive and survive. And so when you meet them where they are uh, without judgment, you'll get that, that light in them, that, that, um, that thing that's underneath all of our, you know, stuff. That's just yeah. like, we just want to be happy. We're just innocent human beings who are just, doing the best we can with what yeah. we've got and we need socks and we need gloves yeah. and we need, you know just basic. exactly and we need basic. compassion and we need to be looked in the eye like um you know like we matter yeah um, that's... and that, that's the main like sort of um 
point of a light in the night is that um, just, you know, level playing field of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care what you've done, where you come from, what you're doing now, what you're going to do tomorrow. You know, you still um, have the basic needs of love, compassion, food, safety, you know, um, mm-hmm. these things. And so we try to always meet people at that place. Yeah. And I've met the nicest people. I love right. getting out and meeting people. Like, I love going out. I, and I, I hate going to Albuquerque because I, I never have enough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, dang it, I don't have, like, we'll run out and then the next corner we'll see someone else. And I'm like, dang it. I'm like, I just wish I had more on a grander scale. I wish I could help everybody. But it's, it's, it's crazy how much the population has grown over yeah. just the last couple of years, even. It's, people don't, I don't think people realize that it, all of us are a step away. You know what I mean? Like it could happen yeah. to anybody. And I wish that, I hope that people listening to this will kind of wake up a little bit to like, cause I think um, like a lot of the times I have a lot of events that I do and I ask for help all the time, but I don't have a, my 501c3 like you. And yeah. I hesitate to get it because I feel like people should just want to help, you know? Yeah. But in reality, they don't. They want the receipts and they want, you know, to be, I get how you're saying, like, more trust towards donating, you know? Yeah, but a 501c3 uh, also covers your ass, too. Yes. See, that's the thing, I mean, too. Um, so, you know, just for liability reasons, there was there was some of that. But, um, and, you know, if you have your 501c3, then you don't have to rely on people. You can rely on the corporations that are causing some of this problem mm-hmm. you can like get money from them and it's reciprocity that's one yeah. of the ways i was thinking about it though is also is just like you know we get um stuff from albertson's and fedex and these places who you know it's a whole different discussion about corporations and stuff but in a way they're giving back to the to their community but if i didn't have that little number then they wouldn't legally yeah. be able to give to me Mm-hmm. And so it, it um, and people, people do want to give, they need instruction, they need to know what specifically, um, and they need a little bit of, um, I don't know, well, I call it compassion porn, mm-hmm. in a way, they want to know that, um, you know, they, they need to jerk a feeling from, from giving. Yeah. And so, and, um, in a way... Um, telling my story and I don't I don't exploit the people that I serve but I will tell my story all day every day mm-hmm. about the hardships that I had um, because people need to their heart to be softened a bit and then um, a, a lot of times that will soften and open their wallets yeah um, and that just is the you know I don't know if you've ever been on the street but you know you get a hustle and you, you got a hustle and that's part of the that's that's part of the thing you do what you have to do to be able to help um the people who who need it who either don't have a hustle or or yeah. um, haven't figured it out yet you know mm-hmm. so you know i'm just saying like it, it's it's a tough process getting the 501c3 yeah um but it's worth it yeah i feel like it's been <clears throat> worth it you know i had been wanting to ask you about that because i thought man like I'm back and forth about it so much and I thought man I but every year I hit the same block every year and I can't I can't go forward without backing 
you know, and I want to help people. I don't want to just wait for people to help me help people, you know, but yeah, but like I, I see how much yours has grown and I'm like, gosh, I just want to get out there like that and get to be able to help more and, 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 you know, do make a difference for, for every one of them, as many as I can, at least, you know, but I get torn with that. I know I need to just do it. That's what I'm going to have to do because <laughs> It's what people need. I guess that's just, I've had a lot of offers, but once I say I don't have it, they're just like, never mind. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to deal with it. So, um, do you find it like, I don't know. So like, I know we we were homeless when I was a kid. Um, I was a baby though. So I, my, I don't remember, I don't remember it, but my, my sister does and my parents, they'll tell me about it, but like, that nobody nobody helped them they lived in the we lived in the the car in the station wagon and stuff so so a lot of that for me was the driving point for why i want to do this because i wouldn't want to see my family you know like if i was able to help my family back then i would want to do that because nobody helped them you know nobody family nothing nobody was able to help them so they had to just build it up on their own you know they got out of it but it took a while you know it took a long time i'm assuming that 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 was probably in the 90s or 80s it would have been in the 80s late 80s early 90s no like early 80s like early 80s probably 83 83 84 things were different then there was this tough love kind of way of thinking Mm-hmm. back then where it's just like well you got yourself into it now get yourself out and there's still a lot of that but yeah. I feel like in um more recently especially in the last 10 years that I've noticed people um know how close they too are to to um being in that same position I think people have softened a bit since then mm-hmm. and um but what I found is that um people are they need to be led. They need mm-hmm. specifics. We need blankets so that somebody does not freeze to death. They need that whole sentence. Mm-hmm. Because when they go downtown and they step over somebody that's sleeping on a on the sidewalk, they don't think it all the way through. They just get afraid and fear stops you from thinking. Mm-hmm. And fear keeps you from thinking it all the way through like how hard this must be you just want to say just get a job just get up just get out of my way you're making me uncomfortable you know but when you appeal to people's heart and their intellect um then they they tend to open up more so I, I've that's what I found anyway in the last 16 years is that um you know when I tell a story about the two guys who uh, we helped with wheelchairs because they lost their feet to frostbite that just just makes people literally shake their head like what you know if I had just given a couple of pairs of socks to that particular guy he wouldn't have lost his feet to Mm -hmm. frostbite and now he's going to live the rest of his life without his feet because he just didn't have the proper gear to live outside Mm -hmm. that that just took 30 seconds for me to tell you about but it it probably changed at least one mind of a person who's listening like whoa 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 just socks it's simple it's cheap just give socks and i'll get them to the people who need them Mm -hmm. and i'll do the work for you just get me the socks get me the blankets get me the you know what i need and we'll we'll get it out there for you Mm -hmm.
people's fear tends to shut their minds down. It's too much. It's too much pain. It's too much suffering. Yeah. They don't want to look at it all the time. People mm-hmm. like me and you are, we're tortured souls, but we, it's really important that we constantly confront the suffering mm-hmm. um, or there's not going to be any help yeah. to, relieve it, to relieve that suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have like, so how many volunteers do you say like you average for your profit that come out because you kind of vary don't you you just yeah there's a lot of people with the pandemic um we went back to ground zero oh wow (laughs) Um, a lot of the volunteers um went away and a lot of the funding went away so we're kind of back to um how it was in the beginning but Mm -hmm. we're we're building back up um at you know the last time i i counted because i had a volunteer appreciation party about six years ago and I counted and there was 250 people oh, that, my gosh. I, could, that That's I could, amazing. Like, I had in my contacts, you know, yeah. um, that had either volunteered for me. Um, but then, you know, with the COVID, things have changed a lot. We've lost a lot of people. And, um, and so now every Saturday when we're sorting donations, it's usually four to 12 of us. Oh. And that's just not enough because we get a lot of donations during the week Mm -hmm. um last weekend we had 24 i I don't know what happened (laughs) it's just like bam there was a bunch of people and Mm -hmm. so it varies yeah it varies like that um but it takes a lot of work to kind of get people to i have to um you know constantly remind people and text people and and just you know remind them to keep their word they said they were going to come and help and and i feed people at the yeah, I know. I, Your I like food always looks so good. Oh my gosh. That brings them back. They like my food. <laughs> um, hey, it brings them in. That's good. <laughs> it's all part of the hustle. It's just trying to yeah. just trying to get people to stay interested in doing the work. And that's not even the work on the street. That's just sorting the stuff. They don't have to confront the suffering. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has their wheelhouse. You know, some people just can't. They can't do it. They don't they can't see the suffering it just is too much for them so they come and they sort the donations and they help with that part and then there's other people um who are all about hitting the streets so they come in their cars and they fill up their trunks and they go and mm-hmm. they hit the streets and um so now it's you know it's become bigger than me it's just a, a group of people with good hearts and they do it when they can yeah you know and it, it just I couldn't even t- answer your question and because every week it's different yeah you know always but, during this time of the year though <laughs> people um you know they're in the giving yeah uh it's the giving season and we always get a lot of volunteers the trick is to try to keep them throughout the rest that's of the, the only year. time I get volunteers <laughs> right is it's a trip um, I just, I think people feel less guilty when it's warm outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they think people aren't dying still, but they are. Yeah, yeah they um, are. And they're still suffering. They don't even have to be dying. They're just, they're just suffering with, yeah. with lack of uh, everything, you know, supportive means, food, uh, clothing, just water to drink in the summertime. Mm-hmm. You know, when did we That's, go out? Um, it was like... I want to say it was still like a fall. It was like a, a fall. It was around this time, I think, because it okay. hadn't quite snowed yet, but it was getting cold. Oh, so okay. it was still like it was already almost to like the freeze, like when it starts to freeze. 
Yeah. But it's been quite a few years. But either yeah, way, it's it still it's still the same. Like I I I wish that people that donated would want to just go out. Like I I encourage that. Like you guys need to go out, find a group that's out and and see it. Because I think you guys went out and looked and actually felt it. You could see how serious it is because people just don't understand. Like you know, going out once a year that's great, but it's all year. It's all year. These people yeah. are out there suffering all year. It doesn't just stop because Christmas is over or because you gave them a Thanksgiving sandwich. It doesn't matter. Like it's all year they're hungry and and it isn't that easy for people to just go get a job, especially with this pandemic stuff. Like yeah, yeah there's a lot of job openings, but if you don't have clothes to go, you know, you can't take a shower anywhere. How That's, are you supposed yeah. to do that? It's one you of the know? things I I was just talking to um one of my new volunteers about today it's like so um you already mentioned like if you can't shower but let's say you you do get a job interview by chance you got one of those assure on you know obama phones and you got yourself a job interview well you need the clothes but also where are you going to put your backpack that has your whole life in it you can't bring that to the job interview that's going to turn them off right away and then um where do you get the id your identification if you get the job then you need identification and you need a place for them to send your paycheck um and then you need clothes to wear to work um and a place to store those clothes to wear to work to get the money to get the apartment so it's a lot harder to get and then you have to eat every day so you have the energy to do the work um you need a bus pass so you can get to the work there's so much more that is entailed than just just go get a job it's not yeah. that simple mm-hmm. and with the problem that we're having now uh with the camps being raided two or three times a week people have collected stuff and have been holding on to their stuff for weeks or months or years and then it gets put in a dumpster it literally gets put in a trash truck by the police or you know and by the city workers who are raiding the camps so then you have to start all over again mm-hmm. um and so you know it's never so simple as just go get a job mm-hmm. i would like one person to just shed all their stuff you know put their leave their purse at home and just you know go get one of those assure on phones and try to get yourself a job with no ID with no clothes to wear you know like try it try it for a second think it through mm-hmm. um that's one of the hardest parts and when you were saying you know you wish that people would go out just to see well what i've found in the years that i've been doing this and just having been on the street too mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have the emotional fortitude to see it they yeah. just need to have the blinders on it hurts too much and those are the people that i put on um i'll give them a job still you do a blanket drive you go ask every coworker you have and all your family members and then you make them go ask their coworkers and do a blanket drive and get us 100 blankets that's your job you don't have to see the suffering but you can contribute to helping end it mm-hmm. you know if you just don't have the emotional fortitude to do it a lot of folks don't yeah. um it takes a really strong heart to see the suffering and not run away from it. So mm-hmm. we have to let people be in their wheelhouse, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um true. I have fundraisers, fundraisers that are just um, you know, just balls out. They get stuff done for us, you know. <laughs> um but they've never hit the streets one time. Oh, they wow. just can't. Their hearts hurt and they cry and then they want to run away. I don't mm-hmm. want them to run away. Let's do the work. Let's just put you where you're the most beneficial. Yeah. You know, and so there's a there's only a, you know, a select few people who can um really see the suffering every day and and not run away. Mhm. 
but that's still not an excuse. Still do the work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just do it anyway. <laughs> oh, you know, just do it anyway. I know it's. Uh, I get frustrated. I know I I I push a lot. I do for a lot of different. I I take on as much as I can, but I find that my heart hurts that people don't care. You know, that's that's been a. And my husband constantly tells me they don't have the heart that you have. Like not everybody cares, and it, it's yeah. it's it's awful that's an awful feeling to not to people just to ignore you know what i mean like about their their posts and their likes and their whatever's on their social medias but you share something that's got meaning and that you know just by sharing it with somebody could potentially open a lot of other doors and bring in donations or whatever but they don't they don't they don't want nothing to do with it and that just drives me insane like i can't I guess I'm just not at that point where I understand it because I just don't. I don't understand why people don't care. Not that you should know, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But Well, I've had to work on this a lot too. I've had to kind of really search myself and so as much if everybody is on the same humanity, um, you know, level playing field, these people who cannot reach that part of their heart deserve compassion too. I actually feel very sorry for them because they're so limited. Um, and that, that's, a, that's a really um, disconnected way to live. And that's deeply sad to me um, that they can't access their hearts. Um, and so, and like, I just have to tell myself a lot, like you just got to let people be where they are. And at some point, just like with this pandemic, like th that, this has been an angering point for me, like people who still won't wear masks or won't get vaccinated mm -hmm. um, because they're not thinking about the, the, the broader um, benefit. Like, you know, you could save lives by you just you getting vaccinated. This you're, you're it could stop the spread. And it, it but I have to practice what I preach in that people just they just are where they are and I have to set appropriate boundaries and I have to um, be very clear about um, where I stand on mm -hmm. things and then and then just you know hope it works out for the best because if if I I did I tortured myself for quite a while and I've lost quite a few friends who mm -hmm. won't get vaccinated because they don't see the greater good um, I and so it's it's that I don't know we we also like have to think it all the way through just like we'd like them to do we have to do it for them too mm. you know do um, you find with covid have you seen a lot like a lot of people in the homeless population that have had it like have you yes has it gone all the way i imagine that it would hit pretty well, hard on the street but yeah because um you know the the resources that are there you know the west side shelter and the different shelters they don't, the need is too big and they just don't have the, the resources that, that they need. Like every month in the last few months, there's been a COVID outbreak at the West Side Shelter. And what they do is they try to put people in the, they have to get rid of all their stuff and they put people in the COVID motels, but they can't make them stay. Mm -hmm. um, and the basic you know, part about homelessness is transient. It's a transient way of living. Um, and so 
you know, then we have to replenish to the West Side shelter and then people can go back and, you know, hopefully there's not another outbreak. But once you have all these people out on the street, we've lost a lot of people. I used to average like, you know, six to 12 people we would lose lose a year. We mm-hmm. are losing 50, 60, 70 people. Wow. Um, you know, it, it's been a lot. And just like the mayor said at the last town hall meeting, there are three times more homeless people than there were before the pandemic. And these are all new people who don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so um, the death rate, it doesn't get reported because they're homeless. Um, but the death rate is is just as high. It's three times higher than it was pre-pandemic. So um, it's absolutely devastating that more resources aren't being put um, towards these people who were illegally evicted or, and the different reasons why there's all these new people on the street. Mm-hmm. And the resources, you know, there's there's a lot of small organizations like me, but mm-hmm. we haven't seen anything from our local government. Um, and I don't have a grant writer and I don't have a, um, I wish I did. But, mm-hmm. you know, in order to get that COVID relief money, there's, we got, we got one COVID relief um grant for $10,000, which was a drop in the bucket. Um, and the, we had, we spent six weeks doing the paperwork mm-hmm. and we almost didn't get it because we didn't dot all the I's and cross all the T's. It's, it's a, it's really difficult to mm-hmm. just get a little bit of money, let alone, and it's needed, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just so freaking needed, but the, the priority is not, um, on the top of the list of our government officials yeah exactly and they keep mentioning this gateway center and it's pissing me off because that's not going to be ready for two years so uh, meanwhile what do we do exactly there's just so much i mean the complaints are there everybody complains but no one's out there doing nothing so yeah it just that drives me nuts in itself because everybody bitches and complains but nobody get up and do something about it say something you know get out there and help them you know, if it's so easy, then do a week in their shoes and see how it feels. You know, see if it's yeah. as easy as you think it is, because it's not. I guarantee yeah. it's not. Um, I don't know. I was going to ask you about, like, the mayor and stuff. Do you feel like he's uh, effective or I don't know, I, I guess. I feel like he wants to be. He came on a give with me. We did a <laughs> secret give. Mm-hmm. And he went out incognito. He had a couple of security with him and he came out with me and he was visibly shaken. I mean, literally shaking. Yeah. Um, And we've had conversations, but he's so caught up in bureaucracy and, um, and he's so, he's got his mind wrapped around this gateway center that just doesn't exist yet. um, That I feel like he needs to come out with me again <laughs> you know he needs to I don't yeah. know um he, he just I don't think he's allowed his level of humanity that he wants to have mm-hmm. because he's in this office yeah I um, mean he has all this you know red tape and there's other people like Lisa Huval who are just just ravaging the system um mm-hmm. I you know I have a friend who's dealing with her first hand and she does not care and she's the head of, of housing and and um, 
homelessness and she just um she's one of the people whose heart is very closed and will cross her arms and avert her eyes and just say we're doing what we we're doing what we can and they're not yeah um and that's that so it, as, as much as we'd like to put all this responsibility on one person, it's a system and the system is broken. Yeah, it is. Big and time. The only way to fight the system is to, some people can work within it. I can't. I am too, I cuss too much. I have too many tattoos. I know. I, I, I wouldn't be able to, you know, work within the system and try to change it. Um, I have to just stay in my wheelhouse and continue to work on the street and let the people who are willing and able to protest and speak up, um, to do, do their work and support them. However, um, however I can. Mm -hmm. And, you know, later when we get off, I can share some of those resources with you. Yeah. Um, just so you know that there are people really trying, it's just, you know, the system is so shattered and so broken Mm -hmm. and it's the pandemic really screwed it up bad. Oh yeah. Big time. Um, It messed up everything. (laughs) It, you know, but a broken system, it, it just exacerbated all the broken brokenness. Mm-hmm. And now all the, all the flaws are showing and nobody knows what to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. And there's all this money that's just at, on a standstill. It's just not going anywhere. Um, so they want to throw it at things that are just not necessary or needed. Yeah, exactly. You'd think that they'd want to put it towards like organizations like yours that are in there, like you know you're you're right yeah. there with the, with the issues like they should i i don't know i get all worked up about it but it's like yeah, you, you just like it's just kind of like an obvious like duh you should give it to the people that are going to make the difference like i get it you have to have your t's crossed and i's dotted or whatever but there's got to be a point where you just got to be human you know oh my gosh like you yeah. can't like ah. <laughs> I know it's a trip. I, I don't know what happened or what it would take other than a person in that position to be kind of knocked down and put in a position of either homelessness or severe illness to really, um, really understand and generate compassion. Yeah. But most exactly. of the time, that's the only way to teach a person is through experience. Yeah. And okay. until then, they just have this like way of thinking that's disconnected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then to have someone so cold like just you know we're doing what we can but are you are you really going out there and doing what you can or are you just sitting behind your desk telling other people that they can't do it you know yeah. like that's that's so frustrating <laughs> it is it is yeah. so. uh, I get I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I get all mad I like I like I can do something. I'm like, I'm going to try though. Like, we are to... though. We're speaking up. We're doing the work. We're being examples. And, and, um, that's, you know, even if it's just sparking a couple of new lights mm-hmm. by this podcast and just by doing the work, then that's mm-hmm. a couple of people who can then inspire a couple of more people who can then inspire a couple of more. It's a slow burn, but it's, it's worth so it. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you have that, that positive attitude towards it because today a lot of them are being recorded <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like that's why no but but it does help because a lot of us that are trying that are struggling and like i mean i would never stop i won't yeah. i'll do it yeah. by myself for the rest of my life but uh 
you get to that point where you're like, man, this is this is this even helping? You know, <laughs> like, am I doing enough, or what can I do to do more? But it's good to hear that even a little bit is helping someone else possibly ignite that flag, that light, you know, and and yeah. potentially another light, and hopefully, even if it's slowly, we'll get that fire burning, <laughs> you know, get yeah. something lit, because man there's just so much out there there's so many people and I mean for the most of us that go out and do it on the streets you know where to find them and then there's all the other people that know where to find them just so they can complain and call the cops on them so yeah it's a it's a battle man it's it's a hard hard thing I've seen people get the cops called I've seen everything like when we go out I'm just like man are people get mad at you for helping them like you're just enabling them I'm like shut up <laughs> oh, I know I get that I get that a lot and I it's just all I can do is look at them like how sad mm-hmm. because all it would take is for you to like break your leg and those hospital bills take your you know you, you won't be able to work and and then pay your mortgage and then you'll be in the same position mm-hmm. you know how close people are to the same thing so all I can do is look at them and feel sorry for them that they're yeah. so jaded yeah um, and it makes you think, well, how did you get to that point where you're just, you shut your damn heart off? Like, you know, like, gosh, I'm sure everybody yeah. has their reasoning, but. Yeah, it's usually think, fear. Fear begets yeah. ignorance and ignorance. Um, you know, it just kind of stops right there with just the, just mm-hmm. being ignorant, just choosing. It's chosen ignorance. Mm-hmm. It totally, that's a, that's totally true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, um. One thing I did want to ask you is with um, getting out on the streets and something I, I have noticed that this has been a topic a lot on other organizations as well, but like taking pictures and posting things. I know yeah. a lot of the times, like a lot of groups will post like their volunteers and stuff and sometimes of the events and stuff. What's your take on that? I know I, I, know, I, I know it, but share it with if you don't okay. mind sharing what you think. Yeah. I don't participate in compassion porn. Yes. <laughs> I, I will not exploit people's hardest time in their life to jerk a feeling from you to get some money from you. Mm-hmm. I won't do it um, because that's exploiting people's suffering. Mm-hmm. And that's um, that's lower to me than people who do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, to exploit somebody's suffering or to those videos that you see of somebody setting up this whole thing like, I'm going to give this homeless dude $100 and let's see what he does with it. Oh my yeah. God, he bought food for somebody else. That shit pisses me off so bad. That yeah. is not okay because this human being um, absolutely does not um, deserve that exploitation. And so um, I, I don't participate in that unless one of my people... Um, gives me permission I don't ask but if they're like if you want to share this on the website that's okay if they they say because they want to help me to help others then I will share their story and if they let me take a picture of them out because they want to benefit others then I will but it always is with permission and with them offering not mm-hmm. me asking yeah um, and I've had that you know people have known me out there for the last 16 years and so they just want to they also want to feel powerful and feel like they're helping mm-hmm. and so they'll be like yeah tell, you know tell my story take my picture I'm you know whatever I can do to help and in that way I will and yeah. it's an act of generosity on their part and it's not exploitation at that point yeah um, 
I love when they share. I love when they're when they do that. When anybody does, when they want to tell their story. Here, tell people about me and what my life. And I love when they just tell me about them, even if they don't share with everybody. <laughs> just... Yeah, totally. Um, and so, yeah, we just I only you know usually take pictures of the volunteers and what we're, mm-hmm. we're doing and the donations we get or we we give out when we do it by the truckload or whatever. But no, mm-hmm. no, I don't take pictures of people like you know sleeping in the corner and that just oh, that breaks yeah. my heart those ones with the the setup ones driving nuts I'm like you know that's not how I don't know that's not from the heart that's more for the likes like you know what I mean yeah, like exactly. it's just like you're gonna benefit from that and that's sad on you like I do share our pictures when we do events like if I take a picture from far away like it don't really show faces as much yeah. But like, and if, and like you said, if they're willing to share, then that's even better. Cause I yeah. have, have, I've had, had, I have had several that have asked me to, to share their story or to, or they want to take a picture with me. And I'm like more than happy to, you know, Yeah. but, totally. but yeah, the ones where I, and I, I think for me, sharing those is more to show, I, I, I know like the way you say it like it is like porn for people but but I do it more to like I want people to be encouraged to go out but I know it shouldn't take that to get them to you know I just want them to see that we are doing what we say we're doing because people are very untrusting I guess they just don't trust that you're really getting out there and feeding people and doing things and I don't know I guess we don't need proof but I just wish more people cared to see and understand how big this problem is it's not just one or two homeless people like uh, yeah there's the health care for the homeless does a puts out a report every year mm-hmm. um, of how many homeless people there are and it they count to the best of their ability but also they don't count the people living in their cars and the people couch surfing and stuff like that so if they put out a number it's usually double wow. um, so there's places that you can find that but also the way I feel like um, is that the people see the suffering every day anyway. They see the mm-hmm. panhandlers. They see it. They don't need to, my post to see yeah. it. It's there. It's in their face all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that seeing it live um, is not going to move them, um, yeah. then seeing a picture of mine is probably not going to move them either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like to give credit to the people who do do the work every week and um you know really kind of fluff them up and give them kudos because they deserve it they suit up and show up all the all the time and you know by compassion porn it just is like i don't i don't mean to you know demean um whatever somebody has to do to try to get somebody to jerk a feeling but to me it just is just that like Mm -hmm. if if you have to pull it out of them then it's not real anyway. Yeah, I know. I know. You needed to hear that. <laughs> it's so true, though. That's like, yeah, that's totally. I want the compassionate, the real. I don't want your bullshit. You know, I don't want you yeah. to force that shit out of you. Like, I made you help me. No, you should want to. You know, like, your humanness should tell you that you need to do this because it's a good thing that you want to do, not that I'm pulling it out of your ass, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally, I get it. I get that. And 
I think it makes you think, you know, there's a lot of, I think I got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> I need That's to... why I tell, I tell my story and I tell the stories that I get permission to tell because um, it not only honors the person who survived it. So with words, I don't have to show pictures mm-hmm. with words. Um, storytelling has been a tradition, you know, for eons that mm-hmm. has helped people learn and to discover themselves through the stories. And so, um, you know, a lot of people think I'm too intense and they think I'm, you know, I'm out there and raw, but I'm totally okay with that because I didn't survive this shit for nothing. Exactly. First of all, mm-hmm. I survived it. I thrived and now I'm, I'm paying it um, forward. And it's not for the, you know, for the paying it forward credit either. It's because mm-hmm. it needs doing. I have a tattoo that says, so it just yeah. needs doing. This is yeah. the thing, this person, whose shoes were stolen last night by some rando um, while they were sleeping, they need shoes today mm-hmm. because just sh- shitty life happened. And so I'm going to go um, tell the story about the shoes being stolen. And then 10 people will be like, oh, shit. You know, like that story that when I told you about the um, the two men who lost their feet mm-hmm. uh, last year, we asked for two wheelchairs. We got six. And wheelchairs are extremely expensive. I know. They but are. all they needed to hear was somebody lost their foot or their feet to frostbite. And it, mm-hmm. bing, it clicked. Like, oh, I have a wheelchair. Grandma, you know, died and there's a wheelchair in the shed. I have a wheelchair. That's all it took was just a little bit of, you know, like, oh, it just didn't even occur to me that people are losing their feet. Mm-hmm. Now, I, okay. You know, uh, it, it, it doesn't take much, you know, storytelling. Um, and then it's not exploiting by, you know, taking the picture of the amputated foot. <laughs> I just had to find a line there somewhere, you know, for myself, because mm-hmm. I started to feel bad. And there's a couple of people um, who I know that they go around just taking pictures of homeless people and they tell their stories about, uh, you know, and how sad it is and stuff. And it just makes me so angry mm-hmm. um, that you know, they're not really doing a whole lot mm-hmm. to change the situation, but they're using somebody else's suffering to make themselves look so compassionate. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I saw that, I had to, I had to check myself and mm-hmm. be like, oh, you know, I, that's at that point I, I stopped um, using the pictures and I really started to reevaluate my motivation behind the pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know we're always on a learning curve we just yeah definitely just do the best we can yeah and it's yeah i don't know i think i i like the stories i think that that's an excellent way to like because they're true you know what i mean that's not that's i mean the pictures are true too but sometimes i think yeah people need to hear it and they need to hear that even a blanket could have made a difference you can buy blankets you know they can make blankets there's yeah they're to do it there's a lot of grandmas that love making blankets that they could donate if they wanted you know there's there's ways there's things there's water you could buy those cases of water for 20 42 of them for like four bucks you know like there's and and there's resources there's people that want to get them out there (laughs) like like for anybody listening you have people that want to give them out if you if you're not the one that wants to go out and hit the streets that's fine let us know you know two tones uh, organization 
and I'll get your contact stuff. I'll let you say it in just a, a moment. But okay. they go out every week. You know, you guys are out there giving stuff. I go up as soon as I can. Like Lauren's more monthly than it is weekly, um, just because my parents are my life. So, <laughs> but you know, when we could get out there too. But I'm happy to collect stuff and take it to you or to whoever's up up and running, ready to go. So. Um, are you currently doing any drives for blankets or any any winter clothing drives? Are you running anything all the time or what's... Yeah, it's yeah, it's year round. Um but yeah. right now we have a huge uh sock drive going on so we're good oh, with good. socks. Um and there's a couple of individuals who are trying to get blankets, but we definitely need blankets. Um okay. I just we did a sort today and I just counted we have 5 left and that's oh, going to those are going to go out tomorrow. So we definitely need blankets and sleeping bags and, and you know, tarps, anything that will help a person retain their warmth um, mm -hmm. as the temperatures drop. Um, and then warm clothing drive, um, yes, just thermal underwear, any kind of layering, sweats, thermal underwear, um, any kind of layering under the clothes um, that the people already have so they can layer up and, and survive also. Um, and save the digits, you know, like gloves, hats, mm -hmm. scarves, um, those toe warmers and hand warmers. Mm -hmm. Those are literally life-saving because it helps you distribute the warmth throughout your body. Yeah. Um, they have those at a lot of flea markets just to point, just for people. <laughs> you know, if you're walking the, the indoor flea markets, some of the places have them for cheap. Oh, and really? I, and Costco has them too. Yeah, that's where I usually get them. I found I found some. I bought them all. I think I spent like twenty bucks, and I got like forty of them. It oh, was wow, really cool. good last year. Yeah, I got them at an indoor flea market. So, just a tip for people: if you're looking, they're there. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you can find them. Um, let me write that hand warmers and stuff. I'll work on some stuff and whatever I can get if I can get it up to you, because I know you get up there faster than I do, and I'd rather. Well, I, I don't have I don't have parents to take care of. I don't have children. All my children are grown. I'm on disability, and so when I can, I'm out there. At, my van is loaded at all times, mm -hmm. and so I can go out and do a give five days a week because, on the way to the grocery store, there's a homeless person that needs help, and I can yeah. I can do that. This this happens to be, you know, I I have the good fortune to be able to to do that, and I have no other distractions. Awesome. Um, and not necessarily distractions. Your parents aren't a distraction. But no. I don't have, you know, like you have, totally. you have other life, um, other life to live. And I, I'm just very fortunate that I have the time and space to be able to do that. And other people who support me. Yeah, um, totally. In that way. So I totally will get you and your sock drive. Is that you got enough socks or you need more socks? Uh, we could always use more socks because we give them socks. out year round. Okay. Um, you know, like athlete's foot is a real thing. If you don't change mm -hmm. your socks and you get athlete's foot and your your feet, your skin splits and your toes, you could get bloodborne disease that kills you. Like socks are, they're not just to keep the feet warm. They're mm -hmm. literally to keep the feet healthy and the body healthy. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, it's never so simple as people think, oh, it's just socks. No, no. You know, mm -hmm. you have to change your socks yeah. um, and keep your feet clean and, and like that. It's um, it's that imperative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they say like, a lot of the when you look online, a lot of the things say that's the most needed item. One of the most needed items is the socks. And 
not just a pair, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. You need to be able yeah, to I give out give people a handful of socks. If I give you yeah. too many, then give them away, I tell them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just, yeah. But, you know, help me help people. So it's empowering for folks to have, um, you know, a bunch of socks instead of just the same pair that they wash out in the gas station bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. And feminine hygiene. Women have to steal their feminine hygiene. Yeah. And they go to jail for the simplest thing that they can't control you know their monthly flow and so they you know we always need feminine hygiene um so that women can you know keep themselves clean yeah. and not have the um the burden of of having to steal these basic necessities but yeah i could go on all day honey <laughs> we could no. talk all day that's good. No, and I want I wanted you to share because I I want people to hear and to you know, you've experienced it firsthand. You yeah. know what it's like, and and through such a, a, a span of your life from twelve to twenty, you know yeah. that's that's a long time of life that you've experienced and 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 you know what it's like. You know you're not bullshitting. You know, it's not yeah. that you just decided one day and, and if you do decide one day you want to do this great that's great for you but you've had the experience and and not only after getting out of it you are still there helping other people so and every day pretty much like you're there every week so I want people to know and hear and and reach out because if they can help you get out more stuff we can help more people and that's the whole you know, goal. <laughs> and to the Hopefully people who we can save some some lives. Yeah, and to the people who who um, are on the fence and they think like this is enabling. Um, one of the things that I say is like, do you really think that some love and compassion and a pair of socks is going to make somebody want to stay homeless? Mm-hmm. Like, kind of think that through. Um, but also, um, there there's so many different levels to getting out of homelessness that this, um, and one of the basis beyond the stuff, um, you know, the free stuff that we're giving them, um, is the love and compassion and the, the, the look in their eye. And when you, when you let somebody know that that they're cared for and that they matter, then it makes them want to get up and try some more. Um, even though they're struggling every day, all day just for just they don't know where they're going to sleep safely they don't know where they're going to eat um so just those basic necessities are hard enough but Mm -hmm. then they're treated badly by society and um spoken badly to and when i was on the street and i've seen it when i've been out giving people literally throw things at you could you imagine being that humiliated when you're already having a hard enough time Mm -hmm. um and so the, the most important part that I ask people to dig for is the compassion in their heart for these human beings who are just struggling so hard. Um, that they don't need your judgment. If you need to judge somebody, then go somewhere else. Go do something else. Mm-hmm. But um, these human beings, at one point, not that it makes it any more um, important, but at one point, somebody was changing their diaper and kissing their face. And now... They don't know where they're going to sleep tonight safely and so if you could just remember the level of humanity that's still in these people that scare you or repulse you um maybe dig just a little deeper in your heart to remember um 
where they come from, who they really are. They are not their addiction. They are not their dirty clothes. They are they are um, human beings with with um, good hearts who just want to be happy too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Just I'm like, yep. That's the perfect way to say it. I mean, really. That's a. Uh, I'm all lost for words already. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, if you guys need. Um, actually, let's just get you, if you don't mind, sharing your contact, how they can reach you if they want to volunteer with you. Okay. Or um, just to even, you know, check out your, your. I know you have Facebook, you have a, your social media that they want to get into what you're doing and what you're collecting, if you don't mind sharing that with them. No, I don't mind. Um, we have our Facebook page, A Light in the Night uh, Community Outreach. We also have our website, which is A Light in the Night nm.org um, and there's a, a donate page if you wanted to donate to our PayPal there um, we also have the um, a light in the night wish list it's on the it's on the um, Facebook page it's pinned on the Facebook page so you can click right on the wish list and it gives you a whole list of ideas of what we need like razors and toothbrushes you can get one toothbrush or a case of toothbrushes you know it depends on what level you want to um, give to if you have you can um, private message me on Facebook we also have an Instagram page but I don't maintain it that well <laughs> I should do better um, that was always do, hard <laughs> yeah and then and then um, uh, my fa- my phone number is also on the the website so if you have questions you can I prefer that you text me first mm-hmm. tell me who you are and and all of that because I field calls all day long um, mm-hmm. and so um, that, you know, those are the ways, the, the phone number, the website, the Facebook page and Instagram. And I'm trying to remember, is there anything else? Um, I think that's it. And then if you, you know, if you have any questions, concerns, or you know, somebody in need, um, just let us know and we'll do what we can to share the resources that we have with them. If I can't help, I, I know other organizations that might be able to, mm-hmm. so and we'll just keep going we'll just keep doing the best we can yes definitely thank you thank you so much for sharing and and really i hope that this opens eyes for a lot of people that are listening i hope that you guys you gotta have felt something (laughs) you know my goodness like i just i appreciate you so much for being open and sharing uh your experience in your life really thank you i'm um i'm always happy to um i have no shame I, yes, you should you know, not. <laughs> you should be I, very proud of yourself. You've I, done so amazing. Thank you. you inspired. <laughs> awesome. Again, I want to thank Two-Tone Grant for coming on today. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you for everything that you do for those in need, for the community, for everybody. Um, It's just such an honor to get to speak with you. I love 
everything that you do and you you do inspire me to try harder with everything that I try to do. Um, again, if you're listening, there's so many places and things that you ways for you to be able to help those in need. And there are so many in need. So if you have any questions regarding anything or if you want to participate in anything um, to help the homeless in Albuquerque or any of the events, uh, you could send me an email at livinglifeoutloud82 at gmail.com. If you have any questions for Two-Tone, you can also contact me that way and I can relay them to her. Uh, You, Like she mentioned just a minute ago, you can also reach her, check out her website at alightinthenightnm.org. Or you can find her on Facebook, A Light in the Night Community Outreach. So there's options there. You can also check out my nonprofit. This is, uh, it's called Just, with quotations B, that's B-E, and then Cause, C-A-U-S-E. So um, Just Because, uh, that's my my, uh, nonprofit that I run. And I'm very passionate about as well. I have multiple events running right now for November, um, quite a few in December. So there's always something. There's always something going on. There's always ways to help people. There's always things. If you need donations, reach out to me, please. I can help you. I can find somebody that can help you. As well as Two-Tone, if you reach her, reach out to her directly too. In Albuquerque, she's there. I'm I'm in Belen, so this is more of a local New Mexico thing, but we'll do whatever we can to help you wherever you are. So please, please don't hesitate to reach out if you are somebody that needs help. Um, I am more than happy to help. Um, as of now, my nonprofit is running a drive um, to eventually give to Two Tone. So... If you'd like to donate, I'm happy to pick up donations and I will take them to her. So she is out there way more frequent than I am. I go try to go once a month. Um, sometimes it, I can't because life situations don't re- let me, <laughs> So, which is fine. Um, but she is. She's out there. She's got people to help her get out there and get the stuff out. So my goal is to try to get the stuff so we can get it to her. So she can get it out to everybody else quicker than me. Um, Some of the things that she had mentioned, I just want to go over again um, in case, just to refresh your memory. So socks are always needed any time of the year, all year. Don't forget. Um, Now for this drive, blankets, sleeping bags, tarps, warm clothing. I'm getting a lot of that coming in. Uh, sweaters, thermal underwear, warmers, like the hand warmers, the feet warmers, jackets. Um, Feminine hygiene is a very important thing that is needed. So if you're ever able to donate anything of that sort, please let me know. I am happy to meet you to pick it up. Um, Just let me know. This one is such a huge one, and I am so glad to have her on this podcast because this it means the world to me this um non-profit mine means the world to me and all the other beautiful people that are uh, running their non-profits and doing so much for the people that need the help um i just love you guys so much i just can't even tell you but 
if you guys need anything, you know where to reach me. Any other questions, I'm going to leave it at that. But I thank you guys so much for listening. We are doing so good (laughs) with this podcast. It's been going amazing. I've gotten some really good feedback and I appreciate it. Thank you guys for all that. Um, Just some good positive vibes. You guys are awesome. And um, we're going to keep going. If you're somebody listening and you want to be part of the show, you want to be a guest, um, please email me again, livinglifeoutloud82 at gmail.com. I am happy to get you on as a guest. I am booking for January and it's pretty full. I just kind of got to get the date set, but um, I might have a few spots that I might be able to sneak somebody in. So just reach out to me and we can talk. So I hope that you guys have a blessed and wonderful rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you guys on the next podcast. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.